Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is November 8th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is vindicated. And with that, do you feel like there's more to life? Do you feel like you're supposed to be doing more than what you are? You know, no matter how hard you try, whether you fail, or no matter how successful you are, there's still this nagging feeling that inside you are made for something more, something more meaningful. I meet with many people, the idea of Getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, to get up, to go to work, to come home, to eat a meal, and go to bed. And this endless cycle where maybe you get a day off or two on the weekend, but with no real end in sight and no real purpose to it other than to maybe make enough money so that someday you don't have to work so that in your old age you can just stay at home and rest. Maybe you have dreams of of traveling. I know many people that do, but by the time they work their entire lives and their old medical conditions come, and those dreams don't happen. But there's this nagging feeling that they're supposed to be something more. One of the saddest things that can happen, and I've seen this before, usually when people begin reaching their middle age in the 40s, is they come to believe that the idea of these type of dreams is a fairy tale. The dreams they had is in high school or a young college person has been dashed to pieces with the realities of the world and they wanted so much more and yet they don't have that. I once sat in a series teaching called A Life Without Regrets and it was about, of course, a life about how you can, you can really live a life so that you can look back and never have any regrets in your life. I've also sat in motivational seminars where I listen to people talk about how you can achieve success. If you just do these certain steps, you can live the dream. But both of those are wrong. They are wrong, if not deceptive, in what they say. Number one, how can you live a life without regrets in a world of sin and brokenness? If you've not sinned or you haven't had sin happen to you, maybe you wouldn't regret anything. But I live in a broken world and I have done things that I regret doing. I have said things I regret doing. And no matter how I try to live, doesn't make the sin, the darkness, the brokenness disappear. And two... 
how can you achieve a dream, this dream of whatever it is that you have that you can achieve, if it's in a broken and temporary world? In other words, even if you achieve what you think you're achieving, it's only temporary and you know it. And there's something inside you that nags at you. Like this isn't good enough. It's not secure enough. There's always something there. You know, Solomon wrote an entire book about this type of thinking. The book is called Ecclesiastes. And everything I've talked about is the subject of this book. He had literally everything. Riches, money, women, 700 wives and concubines. He had a lot of women. I mean, you name it, he had it. And yet he said all of it was meaningless. Meaningless. So where does this desire inside of us come from? Well, believe it or not, the answer to that is in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. Solomon wrote that God has put eternity into our hearts, except that we can't find it. Or we can't see it, is another way to say it. In other words, inside our souls, our spirits, our hearts, that deep part inside us, it's the same place where God has put the law upon our hearts. See, we know we were made for eternity. We were made for eternal things. And there is nothing in this world eternal. There is nothing in this world that equals eternal value. And so when we strive for the things of this world, we always come up empty. Does this seem fair? Seem unkind of God to put this inside us and then just never be able to achieve that goal? Now, in all this, I know you may be wondering, if you've stuck with me this far, what does being vindicated have to do with this feeling? Well, actually everything. Let's look at our scriptures today. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. I could probably talk next hour on these three verses. It is definitely the meat of what I'm going to say today. But behold the love of God. We're talking about, isn't this unfair? Isn't this unkind? And the word says, behold the love of God. I know, it just sounds, where are you going with this? This is crazy. But it says that we are children of God. And so I ask you, what is that? What does it mean to be a child of God? Do you really understand what that means? It's much more than just saying, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I've been adopted by God. You don't get it. You have a little bit of an inkling, but you don't get it. This, this scripture says the world does not know us. The world doesn't know it. The world doesn't know what a child of God is. And the reason the world doesn't know what a child of God is is because the world does not know God. If the world knew God, then the world would understand what it means to be a child of God. Do you know? 
Do you know what this means? The scripture goes on to say, Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. See, we are not who we are completely yet. You need to meditate on this. The reason that nagging feeling, that, that, that little eternity inside of you, that part that's always wanting more, you see, this is that eternal part of you that has not yet been revealed. The real you has not yet manifested. That has yet to be. So, all those things that we strive to be, that want to be, it's inside us because God has created us. That is in there. But the revealing, the manifestation of that hasn't happened yet. He goes on and says, But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. So you see, our revealing is now tied to the revealing of Christ. When Christ is suddenly revealed, that's when our revealing happens. That's when the manifestation happens. And it says, For we shall see Him as He is. See, if you really want to strive into that dream, that purpose, that the feel that nagging sensation of isn't there more, isn't there more, that is directly tied into how much of Jesus can you see. If I want to be all that God has for me to be, I need to see Jesus clearly. The closer I get to Jesus, the more of the truth of who He's made me to be is revealed. Corinthians says that we look like through dimly, through a mirror. It's cloudy. We don't know the full scope of, of God because we can't really see perfectly yet. And yet what we do see changes us and brings forth God's transforming power into our life. It transforms us. It manifests the child of God that is you and I. Can you see Jesus? How well do you see Jesus? The more of Him you see, the more that you are transformed into His image. The more that revealing that happens. And there's a day when Christ will be revealed to the whole world at His second coming. When every knee shall bow, that you and I will be 100% completely manifest as the children of God. New bodies and all. That hope, that nagging feeling will once and for all be gone because we will be children of eternity. But we've not revealed that. I mean, we've not reached that stage of revelation yet, a revealing. And now we reach the last portion of this passage, verse 3. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself. I have this hope that one day I shall see him clearly and my revealing will be complete. That nagging sense of eternity in me will be completely fulfilled as I see him as he is and his revelation is complete and my life is now completely manifest in him. I have this hope that it's coming. And so because of this, it says that he purifies himself just as he is pure so how do i purify myself i thought that's what jesus did right i mean 
What's his name about purifying? Well, let's look at our next scripture passage, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. It reads, And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and see all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This passage here is one of Jesus' great sermons. People study it. We've taught it. If you're a believer and you sat under any kind of teachings for any amount of time, you've heard it before. It's commonly known as a passage called the Beatitudes. And Beatitude is not one word. I've seen some people write it as one word. It's not. It's B-B-E and then attitude. So this is about your attitude, how you live life. How do you think? And B, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a verb form. I know in English we don't have a lot of verb conjugations. This is one of them. It's the one that conjugates am, is, are. So we say be attitudes. What we're saying is what are you? What is your attitude? What are you? It's that be. What are you? What are you to be? And believe it or not, this is when we're getting into vindication a little bit. This is where the word vindicated begins to appear. Just a little bit. I actually made a chart as I was studying, preparing this. I made a chart. See, there's a now and a revealing portion to this. What are you now? You are now poor in spirit. But later... In the revealing of Christ, in the revealing of who you are, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be kingdom people. The kingdom belongs to you. See, you're vindicated. You're vindicated. The world looks at you and goes, oh, you're just so poor in your spirit. You're so lowly. And it's a spiritual thing, not a physical thing it's about they look at your spirit and they think that your spirit is poor you're destitute you don't really have any real spiritual idea of eternity that's what the world thinks you're spiritually you're, you're poor you're not rich like the hindus you're not rich like the muslims you're not rich like the wiccans you're not you're not spiritually deaf like people who do yoga you're not spiritually in tune with nature you're not there's all this the world will always have this religious comeback to why spiritually you are poor why you lack but in the day of Christ's revealing, you will be vindicated, and yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now we mourn, but at the revealing, we shall be comforted. When you comfort someone, you're trying to make them better. You're trying to make them okay. You mourn in the sorrow. I want to make you a little more happy. I can't make you happy, but I want you to, to be better. And it's more than just feel better. You, you want them to the, their, 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 their mood state to come up. You're meek now. Meek's not weak. 
Meek means you have strength, but you don't use it. So you have strength, you don't use it. The world will sometimes label you a coward. Or you don't really have the strength, you just fake it. That's why you don't show it. This is a form of meekness. But you see, it's the meek that are owners of the earth. You become owners, you inherit the earth. If you inherit it, you own it. How's that for a position of strength? If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, now if we're hungering, we're thirsting. In the revealing, we will be filled. Didn't Jesus say, I've come to give you life and give it abundantly? He's come to give us abundant life. That means life to the full. Jesus is going to fill us up completely with abundant life. If we're merciful now, when the revealing, we will have all mercy. What happens at the revealing? We talked about that last week. The judgment. Think about it. When the judgment begins, suddenly all mercy belongs to you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. There's this thing about seeing God. If you want your manifestation, you want that purpose to be revealed, how much can you see God? Even today, if you want God's purposes and manifestation and your destiny to come out right now, then you need to strive to see God. No, we can't see Him completely, but you know what? I can see Him better than I was seeing Him this morning or yesterday. I can seek Him now, today. Yesterday was yesterday. Today is today. Today I can now seek Him more. I can put my attention more. I can leave more of my old life behind. The old man, the old self. I can cast it off and grab hold of this new thing that Jesus has. And how do I do that? I look at Jesus. I fix my eyes upon Jesus. And in the end, we shall see him as he is. Blessed are the peacemakers. They are the sons of God. This is revealing you are a, you're a son or daughter. The idea is you're his child. You're the heir. How about persecuted when people persecute you? It says what? Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Again, this goes back to this kingdom of heaven. Because there's something about being poor in spirit. Poor in, People that are poor in spirit are usually also the ones that get persecuted. The rich always step on the poor. Persecution always happens to those who are poor in spirit. And then the last point here is when evil is done to you, when they say or do evil things to you. In the day of vindication, God's going to give us gladness, joy. The reward of heaven. So see, we are purified based on our attitudes now. But it's revealed later in that other part, that revealing part, where we become owners and people of the kingdom and seeing God. Those, that, that, that stuff's part of the vindication. We're not to the vindication part of our lives yet. We're in the part of the purifying process of God and the Holy Spirit to live this life with our attitudes of seeking Him and being His people. Even though the world doesn't know Him, they don't know us. If the the scripture says that the if, if the if the world would have known who Jesus was, it wouldn't have crucified him. But the world doesn't know. You said the world hated me; they'll hate you. The world didn't know, and they crucified Jesus. The world therefore doesn't know us. 
Likewise, if the world knew who Jesus was, they wouldn't have. If the world knew who the children of God were and what that really meant, the world would not treat you as such. Let's get the last passage, Revelation chapter 7. And I know in the lectionary, on the alternative that I'm looking at, it said uh, 2 through 17. I'm just going to look at verse 9 through 17 because the first portion doesn't really fit into what I'm talking about. It's more of the, maybe the vindication for the Jews. But starting in verse 9, it says, And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and, the, and to the Lamb. And all the angels around the, around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessed and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where do they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. And they shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is a beautiful picture of the revealing. God is revealing himself and his people at this time. Notice one of the elders <clears throat> and when it says elders, I don't think these are human people. You've got creatures and angels and these, these elders. I, these are not, I don't buy, even buy into them being elders like from the patriarchs or something. I've, I think these are spiritual beings. <clears throat> but he asked, who are these? And he's talking about this multitude of people in white robes from every tongue, tribe, nation that just, they just appear. They just manifest out of nowhere. In God's throne room. He's like, who are these? Where did they come from? Now, of course, he knew. John was the one who said, I don't know, you know. The world doesn't know. The world does not know the children of God. And he says, these are those that came out of the tribulation. These are those that had washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. How do we purify ourselves? We have ourselves washed in the blood of the Lamb. That is how we are purified. We purify ourselves by being washed in the blood of the Lamb. And as we are being washed, we become poor in spirit. We mourn. We're meek. We hunger and thirst. We're merciful. We're peacemakers. We're persecuted and evil is done to us. The world does not know us. And therefore the world mistreats us. We are no one you know, there's something you can say about the poor and the homeless. Today, the world wants to view them as no one and ignore that they're really there. The world wants to walk by them and not even notice them. Believer, you and I, that's the way the world views us. We're so far beneath the world, it doesn't even want to recognize us. But there was a day in the revealing when suddenly, suddenly, just as the angel said, well, where did these come from? Well, the angel knew. But the he could only see it in that moment. In the manifestation, the revealing, boom, there they are. 
this be the same way of the world. Who are these people? Where do they come? See, we were always there. No one ever noticed. Like Jesus walked, many people didn't recognize that God was walking in their midst. They didn't notice it. But you know, there were people that did, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sailors, the fishermen, the those that in their attitudes knew they needed help. And this is vindication. See, this is what it means to believe and follow Jesus. That there is a day in a twinkling of an eye that we will be transformed. We will be before His throne room. And it doesn't matter what's been done to us. In that day we are vindicated. We are transformed. It says that night and day we dwell with God. That we will no longer hunger or thirst. We are filled with abundant living. No more does it say. It talks about the heat of the sun. and strike us. That means no more toil. See that was part of the curse. In Adam's fall. Man had to toil in the sun. For his living. You get up. You work. You go to bed. You... No more. No more toil in the sun. You have everything you will ever need or desire. Shall be before you. No more questions. You'll have to search for answers for your God is with you. No more tears or mourning because God himself will comfort you and you will be uplifted and be full of joy and gladness. That Jesus will now be that leader to take care of us forever. And the kingdom is now yours. That, my friends, is vindication. That is the ultimate vindication from the devil, from his angels, from the world, from anyone that wants to mock God and point and say, your religion is a crutch. They may say that now, but in the end, when the kingdom is yours, is vindication. Jesus vindicates himself. He vindicates his people. Father, I thank you for today, God, that you've given us this hope, God. I pray that it would encourage those listening, God, that there is a day coming, God. And Father, I pray that they will be encouraged to seek you, to look for you, and know that as they see you, you will manifest your life and who that they are, God. Lord, in a world where people are searching for their identities and who I am, God, only knowing you shows us who we really are. God, may we always search for you with all of our hearts. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching, this podcast. You can check out more of our stuff online at our website at www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. Bye.